Welcome to the She Is Me podcast, where the goal is to live and stop wasting time. And yes, ladies, I'm talking to you. I'm Christina Starmer, serial entrepreneur, mother, contractor, investor, and co-founder of the Centerbeam Companies. But before that, I also closed a business of 17 years, filed for bankruptcy, and lost everything to my name. So how did I turn it all around? Don't worry, if you're willing to put in the time and you're ready to grow and change, then listen up. Through failures, success, faith, and the right perspective, you're going to learn the truth about how to turn your life into a tangible success and finally become that person that you are meant to be. So I am with Paula Kay today and we are talking about a few things um, in regards to how maybe we tend to let things in our past dictate our future. And Paula, you have mentioned that there are um, a couple times in your life or maybe one specifically that you have actually let it deter you from moving on. Do you want to talk to us about that today? Sure. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll be your guinea pig. Okay. okay. <laughs> Great. Yeah, yes. So, okay. And by the way, Paula is our first interview. <laughs> Go ahead. So, um, I'm about, I'm 55 years old, and I would say during my entire life, I've had a lot of failures and, um, and then subsequent successes. And at each juncture, when I've had those various failures, and I can describe those as well, I have I have not worried about it. Like I just said, well, I didn't, I didn't even recognize it as a failure. Okay. I mean, um, I didn't feel comfortable with where I was at in my life, um, and so that motivated me to move to the next level. But I didn't. I you know, at at any given point in time, I just didn't let what had just happened to me determine what was going to happen next and I did a lot of things that were way outside my comfort zone given my earlier childhood so for example I was I really didn't like math and I didn't enjoy it and I wasn't good at it and later on maybe in my I think it was starting in my mid-20s it was like well if I'm if I'm going to not wind up living on the edge uh perpetually for the rest of my life I better I better you know get good with technology and with mathematics and with statistics and all this so I went you know went back to school and 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 learned enough to get you know to get by I'm not a I'm not a genius in those areas but enough to get by and a series of events led me to wind up living back in New York and meeting my husband if without making those steps I wouldn't have wound up back here and wound up meeting my husband and wound up with you know, really good life and, uh, and, and ultimately on paper making a success of my life. So as you can hear, Paula, like many of us, she's trucked on through bad happenings all of her life and slight failures and has fallen down to her knees, but only to rise back up stronger and better than ever before. So how can one single incident change all of that? Paula, 
not necessarily in regards to math or in regards to what you've made changes in your life or how you met your husband or your job. It seems like you've been really successful, but specifically talking about what was one of the main things that once you got your job and you had succeeded to a certain point where you started feeling like a failure or why did someone make you feel that way? Okay, so um, the, and what happened was then I, I wound up being much more successful than I ever thought I would ever be. Mm-hmm. And I started making much more money than I ever thought I would be. And I started just, I got to a level in life I just never dreamed would happen, right? And that is, that can go to your head. Mm-hmm. That level of, of like, you're, you're, now you're, so before my ego was never involved in what was happening in my life. Like I was failing and then succeeding, but never, and my ego was never involved that much. You know, I, I would feel the pain of not succeeding, but not, my ego wasn't. Now when I got to, started getting to a level of success, my ego started getting involved. And at the very end of my career at, at this corporation I was working at, my ego was fully in, involved in um, management, management uh, changes and um, things I was being asked to do. And I was unable to, my ego couldn't handle the th- stuff that was being asked of me, um, the changes that were being made. And I essentially made a whole series of mistakes at the end of my career at this corporation that led to my leaving. And again, but it had to do with my ego getting involved. I didn't like the way so-and-so was speaking to me. I didn't like mm-hmm. the, that this and this job was being offered to me. I didn't, the process of of the of the change that was going on at that corporation was hurting my ego and I began to say things I shouldn't say. Mm-hmm. I just allowed myself to get very and Tucker Carlson um talks about this. He uh he did a wonderful And who um, is Tucker Carlson? He's uh on Fox. Okay. He's a uh, nine o'clock uh he's on nine o'clock on Fox every night. And Tucker Carlson talks about how um uh, he he got fired from a bunch of jobs, it particularly relating to his ego. So he was, in, in fact, um, he tells this interesting story about um, on one of his earliest jobs, his managing uh, director or editor on his one of his early jobs said to him, "What do you think my job is?" Mm-hmm. And Tucker Carlson said, "I think your job is to like you know produce TV shows." Right. And the managing director says, "No, my job." is to make sure that my very highly paid people, mm-hmm. extremely highly overly paid people, don't wind up jumping out the window and going crazy, or going uh, crazy yeah, and yeah. Jumping, out, jumping out the window. And where that comes from is that as, you, as, you, as you're getting much more successful maybe than you ever anticipated, you're, you know, the work starts to pile up. Mm-hmm. The, you're making good money, but at a certain level, the money, like that incremental money mm-hmm. doesn't, it's like, doesn't mean a lot. All mm-hmm. you feel is like the pressure and um, maybe the slights that you're getting at work, mm-hmm. the politics that you're getting into, and you start feeling sorry for yourself and your ego starts to, and then you wind up fired. Mm-hmm. So, so, talk, so I would say that... Um, for the first time in my life, mm-hmm. as of five years ago, I did let my ego get the better of me. I let, I let politics and my, my reaction to those politics and my pride, all that, get in my way. And, and I really wound up hurting myself. And I think at the end of the day, what I have still not really recovered from was the, was the extent to which I hurt myself. I haven't really overcome that. And it's really weird for somebody like me 
to be that way because at no point in my life did I ever let any kind of ostensible failure get in my way. So it is, it, I mean, I've moved on in the sense that I'm doing other things, but I think I've not really fully digested what happened and, you know, really, in some ways, I did kind of stop fighting. And I don't know if that's, and I think I, I do kind of, yeah, I kind of regret that. And uh, so it's interesting to do this podcast and talk about that mm-hmm. um, with people, obviously anybody who listens to this, strangers. Um, and uh, I would just, you know, I mean, I would, I would encourage people to, um, yeah, look up T- Tucker Carlson and see what he has to say about getting fired not let, and, and really toning down your ego, never letting... Your ego get in your way. There's a there's another great story um, that my husband told me the other day. He showed me the story of this um, Indian man who moved from the United States. I'm um, sorry, moved from India to the United States when he was 68 years old. And he got here, and um, you know, new immigrant, and he was shown, you know, where the benefits office was located. And this guy said, 68 years old guy. He said, I'm not gonna arrive in the United States and start taking advantage of benefits that I never paid into. I'm going to, um, I'm just not going to mm-hmm. do that. I'm going I'm to go working. And what this guy did, he's 68 years old. He's had some kind of, mm-hmm. you know, interesting past in India. And he came in and he started picking fruit in an orchard, mm-hmm. you know. And he's now 105 or so. Over the course of time, over the next 30 or 30 odd years, um, he wound up going from picking fruit mm-hmm. to like, owning a big huge orchard farm and having a big family business and he's still he's still on the job at 105 and he loves going to work so it's a great example of like never even at that age you know you're never too big to do to you know your ego should never be too big for anything and you never know where that'll lead you you know so So ladies, let's recap. Think about what Paula has said about her own life and the examples that she referenced in the audio that we just listened to. Everything is going along splendidly until we start to clothe ourselves in high regards and bathe in our egos. Once was what apropos is now substandard or a little beneath us. It keeps us from taking constructive criticism at work. Instead, we just get offended and think they're an ass when someone says something to us. And what about our husbands and our kids? Sometimes the bravado attitude that we use to cover up our true self simply hurts our relationships too. I once read this about egos. E-G-O are the three little letters that keep us from saying things that we really need to say, like I love you, I miss you, and I'm sorry. All right, so Paul, I'm asking you one more question because the other day we were having some Turkish tea together and we were talking about how, um, I don't know, how the, how the next person next to us had better tea, even though we were told that the tea was not there. And then once, the, and then we were given tea, we were satisfied until we realized that we didn't get the better tea of which we wanted in the first place. And then we started to stink and demanded the better tea. Did you see, just say what happened? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. They got the Turkish tea that I wanted. And because they got it and I didn't get it, my whole evening was totally screwed up. And therein lies envy. Envy will screw up your life. Okay, bye. <laughs> 
so in the meantime, we were talking about prior to that how um, envy and um, is like the thief of joy sometimes. So do you have an example of that that um, maybe from your last job of where you yeah. were at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. How you envy is a that? Thie- yeah, envy is a thief of, thief of joy, mm-hmm. and and that ha- and that's very common. And you know, so and so is getting. Um, promoted and I'm not and, and so I'm, in the corporate world you found that that was oh, a yeah, main very okay. common it was very common you and you see it at all levels you know that so-and-so is getting promoted and I'm not even right. though you're making you know you're making plenty of good money exactly it's not about the money anymore I it's, assume it's like yeah it's so-and-so mm-hmm. and I'm and that is very very common mm-hmm. um yeah I was telling the story of uh, this hedge fund manager manager drunken miller talked about that when he first was when he first started out running a, mm-hmm. a hedge fund and he had he'd have portfolio managers you know and one would do better than the other one would be making 20 million and the other would be making 10 and right. the guy making 10 would f- 10 million right was his you know his his, his life was destroyed right i mean he, it's like it's like he may as well have been you know living in the slums of bombay for all that you know <laughs> I mean, it was like because one was making twice you know the other guy mm-hmm. was making twice as much as he was he was not happy with life. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, envy is the thief of joy. It is totally the thief of joy. And it will it will not lead to any good. It does not lead to good. It uh-huh. does not lead to good at any level. Like any So once level. you get to a certain level, at any level, like you said, what are you supposed to do? Just be happy with where you're at and not try? I mean, I how, 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 do you, how do you stop listening to others? Or how do you stop watching or put your blinders on as others are in the corporate world succeeding in a way that you see them, you were fine with where you were at until you realized that someone else went the, above you. I think the best, I mean, if you can, you know, you got to channel Gandhi or whatever, like a saint. You just have to say, I'm happy for that person. Even if I don't like that person, maybe I hate that person. Be happy for that. Be happy for the success of that person. Be a much happier person. I'll tell you that much. That's great. Wow. Thank you so much, Paula. I just really wanted to say thank you for listening. And I also wanted to throw out a challenge to everyone out there. I want you to try your best this year to not compare your life or yourself with another human being. Anything that you choose to do, just simply do it the best you can and focus on that and only that. Shoot, we are all given the same amount of hours in a day, but our days are numbered and that makes us slightly different. So knowing that your days are numbered and knowing that envy and ego are major contributors to the unhappiness in life, wouldn't it simply be the best thing to be happy with where you are and what you have currently today? So no matter where you are in life or whatever you do, no matter if you're a full-time mom, a bus driver, CEO, a painter, a bank teller, counselor, you get the gist. You have the ability to give your best each and every day. And by doing that, you will start to be satisfied with yourself. And that is a very good place to start off the year.